Hello, everybody, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, June 14th, 2019. We are hot off the heels of what I am sure was an utterly pointless and inconsequential WrestleMania-caliber house show in Saudi Arabia and on the road to stomping grounds. Stomping grounds. The logo is a boot. Sorry. Anyway, that's like two weeks away or some shit, so let's start making matches for that show and just see how many will basically be rematches from Super Showdown. Let's begin, as always, with Monday Night Raw. We open with Seth Rollins and his best friend, Chair. We get a quick recap of Corbin losing at Super Showdown because he yelled at John Cone and then the botched cash-in thanks to Heyman. Seth talks about how great it was to beat the tar out of Brock until he's interrupted by Baron. Baron plays the Any Reaction is a Good Reaction card, goading the crowd into booing the shit out of him repeatedly. Baron apparently gets a rematch at Stomping Grounds and the special referee will be handpicked by Baron. Apparently the referee is Sami Zayn, because that makes any fucking sense. Sami says the WWE would be better off with Corbin as Universal Champion than wildcard Kevin Owens appears for some reason. Seth challenges Kevin to a match, then takes his friend Chair and just walks up the ramp to all three of them, and then through all three of them. Didn't make them look like pusses at all there. Seth, good job. Lars Sullivan is jumping around in Gorilla, and then his theme plays. Wait, did... did did he lose in Jeddah? The fuck? He takes them on in a three-on-one elimination match. Next. Match number one, Lars Sullivan versus Lucha. House party. Well, this is gonna suck. Lars attacks before the bell, leaving just Kalisto standing, and thereby starting the match, he is eliminated in about 45 seconds. Lince Dorado heads into the ring. He manages to get a little offense in, but gets running, powerbombed, and pinned, enter Metalik. He also gets some offense in and would quickly be pinned, except that Lars pulls him up at two. Lars then has some fun outside the ring, press-slamming Kalisto onto the top of the ring steps and a pinata before going back into the ring and pulling Kalisto up at two again. Back outside so he can murder Lince a little more, and I typed that before Lars almost actually murdered him, throwing him face first into the ring post, which caused him to basically land on the back of his neck on the floor. I also wrote that before Lars climbed to the top to hit a murder-suicide headbutt on Metalik and actually pin him for three. Grade? C. Look, I know I don't usually recap matches in that much detail, but it lasted maybe six minutes, and that was pretty much everything that happened, so why the fuck not? Backstage, the Benny Hill Show, Truth, Cedric, Drake, Carmella, EC3, and Heath Slater get stuck in an elevator. It is stupid. Negative points. Elsewhere, Lacey Evans is sitting in front of a mirror, talking to no one and not looking at herself, but instead at the reflection of the camera in the mirror. Becky and Lacey will face each other for the Raw Women's Championship at Stomping Grounds, and then we have a face-not-to-face interview as both ladies are in different rooms backstage. I am 99% positive that this was recorded earlier as Cole introduces the piece, they snipe at each other, and then Cole outros the piece. Nikki and Alexa are backstage. Alexa tries to convince Nikki that Bailey is really a secret cunt. Enter the Miz. A video recap tries to convince us that doing a show in a country that regularly beheads people, including journalists, because the Crown Prince just doesn't like them very much, was a great idea. And then it's Miz TV. 
Miz's guest is Samoa Joe. He immediately takes offense at Miz calling him the new United States champion. Miz sends us back to last week for Joe beating the piss out of Ray after Ray handed him the championship. Braun enters and challenges Joe for the title. Then Lashley comes out, so instead of something interesting, we're about to have another meaningless tag match. Or maybe not, as Ricochet then comes out and says his piece. He is interrupted by Cesaro. Cesaro does not say anything. He just sucker punches Ricochet, which leads to everyone brawling. Oh, for fuck's sake, never mind. Match number two, six-man tag. Braun, Miz, and Ricochet versus Cesaro, Joe, and Lashley. On the plus side, the second the match started before 9 p.m. The, the, the second match started before 9 p.m. Eastern this week. So, I mean, seven minutes before, but still, that's technically two matches in the first hour. For the first time in what feels like forever, we get a legit Cesaro swing that lasts for at least 30 or 45 seconds. He locks Miz in the sharpshooter, but gets a code breaker from Ricochet to break that up. Braun barely lifts Joe up for a power slam, and Joe is able to wriggle free, grab his title, and run away. Ricochet hits the 6-3-0 onto Cesaro's legs, possibly injuring him, and pins him for three. Grade? B. It may have been cliched, but it remained interesting. Didn't really get bogged down at any point. The replay shows that Ricochet got mostly thigh on the 630, but I'm sure it still hurt like a motherfucker. Backstage, Corbin is angrily texting when Charlie asks him who the special referee will be, so apparently it's not Sammy. Speaking of which, Sammy appears again to shoo Charlie away and presumably talk to Baron about being said referee. Enter Becky, her meaningless tag match is after the break. But first, a recap of a meaningless battle royal. Match number three, Becky and Wildcard Bailey versus Alexa and Lacey. Champs enter first because fuck you, that's why. We got a break on that sliding corner drop kick from Bailey that barely connects because Lacey was standing too far away from the ring apron and a very weak looking diving forearm from Becky to Alexa. Bailey gets the knees up on Twisted Bliss, but Lacey has tagged herself in, so she punches Bailey in the face and pins her. Grade C. The match was decent, but Lacey's inexperience was on display on more than one occasion here. Backstage, Sammy talks to Shane about auditioning for the special referee role tonight. Shane offers to make him an enforcer tonight, and Sammy accepts this offer. John Cena is excited to be in Fast and Furious 9. We then go to Paul Heyman in the ring. Paul expresses his disgust at the fact that we cheer for a universal champion who brags about beating the crap out of Brock Lesnar with a chair. A feckless thug, if you will. Heyman says that now the cash-in will be a surprise, and he's not even going to tell us whether or not Brock Lesnar is at the arena on any given night. Brock may even be the special referee at Stomping Grounds. Heyman guarantees that Brock will take the belt. Oh, and they're still stuck in the elevator. EC3 farts. It's funny. Wait, no, no it's not. It's still stupid. Fuck you. Enter the Iconics, they're in action next, but I bet dollars to donuts it's not a title match. Match number four, the Iconics versus local talent. The one girl gets beaten up, the other never tags in. They win with a double-team move. Grade D. No, please. Let's continue to make the women's tag titles a joke. Revolution! Then a recap of Roman versus Shane from Super Showdown, which leads us into the Super, so <laughs> the Super Showdown Best in the World celebration, because why the fuck not? They only just did this same goddamn thing, like, two weeks ago after Money in the Bank. Shane yaps about Roman, Drew yaps about murdering Roman, and they pop the champagne. Shane drinks out of his World Cup, which I actually thought was kind of funny. The crowd really does not give a shit about this. Shane brings out the Revival. They'll fight for the Raw Tag Titles later tonight against the Usos and the Majors. Shane stops the Revival from going full Alicia Fox and takes away the champagne. He says they'll get their drinks only if they win. He says they'll only get into the party if they bring a little gold. I point out, again, the tag belts. 
are silver. Match number five, Raw Tag Titles, Revival versus Usos versus Major Brothers. Jay Uso super kicks everyone except Dawson, then heads up top for a splash on Zack. Dawson tags in before Jay takes flight, and Dawson pins Ryder, while Dash keeps Jay from breaking up the pin. Grade B. The match was short, but I thought the finish was creative, and also the Revival won the titles, so hooray! Back to the elevator, they are still talking about Drake's wedding. EC3 has been married five times, apparently. They get to the door, open, and chaos ensues. Again, Carmella is able to drag Truth into the elevator, and the door is closed, despite EC3 standing right the fuck there. And now, Firefly Funhouse. Bray murders Rambling Rabbit with a giant hammer, and then eats his brains. He's not unreasonable. I mean, no one's going to eat his eyes. Match number six, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, special enforcer, Sami Zayn. Sorry, that's incorrect. Apparently, Sami is not an enforcer. He is a special outside referee. Sammy makes a big deal about checking Seth for foreign objects before the match begins, including lifting up his kick pad and going, Do you have a knife? I laughed. We come back from break and John Cone has gloves on, so someone must be bleeding. KO actually tries for a swanton, but Rollins is able to get his knees up. That was impressive. We then get both men no-selling super kicks, but then Kevin goes down on the last one. This brings Sammy into the ring for some reason, preventing Seth from hitting the frog splash, which really would have been a genius idea with the injured ribs. Seth hits the penalty, but Sammy drags Cone out of the ring to demand that he disqualify Seth for hitting Seth on the suicide dive. Or hitting Sammy, rather, on the suicide dive. Sammy and Cone switch places for some reason, and Cone is perfectly okay with this. Uh, sure. Sammy and Seth argue. Seth grabs Sammy by the stripes, and Sammy disqualifies him. Grade C. This was a B until the finish, which was absolute nonsense. Seth goes after Sammy, which brings out Corbin, who goes after Seth. Corbin grabs a chair, but Seth is able to get it away from him. Corbin runs, so Seth takes out Sammy with the chair instead. A stomp for Sammy, and that's the finish. Much better job hitting the heart out this week. Overall, great for Raw, C-. It's really, really sad when one of the positive takeaways from Raw is, hey, they had six matches this week. I legitimately have a very hard time keeping focused while watching this show anymore. Like, I, I could have fallen asleep in my chair if I wanted to. It's also really sad that I find myself thinking that the 24-7 title is already being underutilized. Stuck in an elevator? Really? And as far as I can tell, you didn't do anything with it at Super Showdown. You can throw an attempted pinfall or two in the Battle Royal at some point? Anything? No? <sighs> anyway... Blue Brand, we are live from Sacramento, California tonight. The Miz is forced to host Miz TV. Plus, the New Day are back together as a whole to take on KO Dolphin Sammy. We open with Miz TV. Wildcard Miz is dressed to wrestle, so expect this to not go well. Miz is also wearing a shirt with a picture of his dad on it. Miz reads the introduction he was given on a card. His guests are Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. It's funny because Miz says things that are almost best in the world, but not quite. He settles on pest of the world. It's hilarious. It's not great. Elias comes out, too. He was not introduced. During their entrances, we go back to Super Showdown. So, you're telling me that there was no one else in the company who could have played this character. No one, no one else you could have elevated instead of Shane the fuck McMahon. Anyway, Shane invited Elias to act as the musical guest, and Elias plays a bar or three on his electric guitar. He seems to be favoring the electric as of late. He also punctuates Shane's sentence with a riff or two. Miz then forgets how to pronounce sycophant. 
We go back to a Roman Reigns interview after Super Showdown, and then Drew complains about it. Yakety-schmackety-shane challenges Miz to a rematch, but says first he has to defeat Drew and then Elias, and surprise, that match is next. Match number one, Miz versus Drew Elias. Did Shane not just say that he would have to face Drew, and then if he beats Drew, he'd have to face Elias? I mean, I could rewind, but I don't care that much. Miz pins Elias with a skull-crushing finale in about two minutes, maybe three. Grade C. Yay, filler! Match number two, Miz versus Drew McIntyre. Miz botches a springboard, but they do the right thing in ad-lib instead of just going for the exact same spot again. Glasgow kiss and a claymore and the night for the Miz. Grade B. I mean, it was certainly longer than the first match. Shane grabs a mic and says Miz will get his match with him after all. Match number three, Miz versus Shane McMahon. Shane demands the bell, takes his coat off, and starts rabbit-punching Shane in the face. Miz recovers and almost gets a skull-crushing finale, but Shane hits the ropes, kicks Miz in the face, and puts him in the shitty triangle for the tap-out victory. Grade C. Yawn. Backstage, Mandy is still hawking her magazine appearance. Sonya then breaks Ember's phone, so Ember beats up a trash can. Enter the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Remember them? Ah, Eric Rowan is wearing his Ailstorm t-shirt again. It's great. Daniel promises us a real treat tonight as we will get a title unification match between the Planets Tag Team Champions and the Yolo County Tag Team Champions, two Jamokes with cardboard belts. I did not catch their names. This announcement brings out heavy machinery. Apparently, Blue Collar Solid is their new catchphrase, and I know this because Tucky says it, and it's printed on their new shirts. Daniel says that heavy, heavy machinery need to prove themselves by beating up the Jamokes, which apparently the Jamokes did not agree to. Match number four, Heavy Machinery versus Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson. Look, I don't think this is a title match for the YOLO County Tag Team Championships, but you never know. We get a Caterpillar, then a Compactor, and Heavy Machinery win. Grade C. You know why. Backstage, Truth is complaining about being 24-7 champion again. Carmella somehow manages to lock him in a box that doesn't have a lock on it. Jinder appears, does a terrible Carmella impression, and then promises to go get a crowbar. Truth screams us to ringside for the next match. Match number five, Sonya Deville versus Carmella. Eventually, Mella gets Sonya in the code of silence, which Mandy helps break by putting Sonya's foot under the bo- on the bottom rope, which would mean something if, sh- if Sonya's feet hadn't already basically been under the bottom rope to begin with. Mandy then helps Sonya win by distraction grade B. The match was decent, if not engaging. Backstage, Alexa consoles Nikki for some social media transgressions Nikki wasn't aware of. Enter the new day. Today, they tell us is that the actual return of Big E. They make a meta joke, an E3 joke, and Xavier points out that Kofi has individually beaten all three of their opponents tonight, and Kofi announces that at Stomping Grounds, it is a steel cage match between himself and Lord Zigglesworth. Dolph comes out to cut a whiny crybaby promo, reminds us that Woods helped Kofi win at Super Showdown, and says it should have been him. Whatever. Kevin and Sammy come out to talk about Injustice. Not not the video game that's Mortal Kombat, but with DC characters, but actual Injustice. Like how nobody cares that Dolph got screwed, but if it had been Kofi who got screwed, everybody would be throwing a fit. Can I mention for a second that we're halfway through SmackDown and we've already had almost as many matches as were on Raw last night? Backstage, Kayla asks Bailey about Alexa's social media accusations. That's right, they had all six of those men out there, but it's not actually time for that match. Then Alistair Black talks to us about conflict. He then screams at his open door. By the way, fuck happened to R-Truth? Like, he's still just locked in a box? Match number six, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Nikki enters to Alexa's music instead of her own. Not a fan of that. Bailey pins Nikki with the elbow from the top grade. B, again, decent, but this felt quite short, which could have been because of the commercial break in the middle that I fast-forwarded through. Backstage, Jinder has finally found a crowbar and a referee, but they're loading the boxes onto the truck for LA for next week's Raw, despite SmackDown not being over yet. 
So what the fuck was in those boxes that they didn't need at SmackDown but brought to SmackDown anyway? But hey, expect hilarity on Raw. <laughs> uh, I also want to point out that when the crew member on the, in the forklift pointed out that the boxes were going into the truck to L.A. for Raw, Jinder grabbed the referee and said, We're going to L.A., come on. Dude, that's six days from now. Is Jinder just going to spend the week chilling in Los Angeles touristing around like what the fuck also i'd like to think that raw would be farther away if they're in sacramento tonight but apparently not because also next week's smackdown is also in california so maybe vince is on vacation i don't fucking know and now firefly funhouse firefly funhouse backstage kayla is with apollo cruz we go back to last week and his match that didn't happen against andrade apollo isn't an afterthought he says but he is interrupted by Zelina vega who tells him not to provoke andrade or else his career will be over Meanwhile, Chad Gable and his new haircut write notes in a book. Match number seven, KO, Sammy and Dolph versus The New Day. This is your main event and the match that puts SmackDown ahead this week in number of matches, despite still being behind in number of hours on air. Tom points out that we violated the wild card rule for the second week in a row, as though anyone actually gives a shit about that. Owens hits a beautiful springboard moonsault from the second rope onto the lower back of Xavier. Don't know if Woods was trying to roll out of the way, but it looked fucking painful. Miscommunication ultimately leads to a trouble in paradise for Sammy and New Day pick up the win. Grade B. Very fun match by all six men. Very glad to see Big E back in the ring. Overall grade for SmackDown is a B-. It is funny how despite having more matches and less time, SmackDown is still able to outscore Raw. Overall grade for the week is a C+. Look, here's the thing about SmackDown. It is very, very rare that I am watching the clock while watching SmackDown. On Raw, I find myself checking the time to see how much time is left. On SmackDown, I regularly find myself thinking, is it the main event already? It's it's troubling to me that that Raw they give Raw that extra hour and then do absolutely nothing with it to the detriment of the product as a whole. That's all I'm saying. That is it for Making the Grade. This week, I urge you, as always, to visit rundownwrestling.com to get your podcast fix, all your favorite podcasts featuring me and my friends. Uh, Go ahead and vote in the tournament once again and uh, pick uh, which dudes you'd want to bone. Or, well, never mind. Anyway, that is it for me this week. I will be back again next week with another edition of Making the Grade. Blurt.